Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Frontgate Land and The Financialist, we are going to tell you about Auburn. We're going to discuss Zion Williamson a little bit more. And the UK football staff got some raises, and they're pretty good ones. Uh, but Kyle, let's start. I tell you what, let's start with the national story, and then in the second segment, we'll we'll talk about Auburn a little bit more. But I mean, we mentioned it at the very end of the last podcast: Zion Williamson and his knee, and a couple things that will touch Kentucky eventually as this progresses. Happened today. The NBA made it clear that they are progressing to changing back to. Uh, not forcing guys to go one and done, the, which is basically means that the age limit will go from 19 to 18. Uh, many people, you and I were texting about this earlier, wrongly credited Zion with making this change, even though it was already on the works. Um, but let's just start there. I mean, this this obviously isn't a surprise to me or you, but I feel like some people might have just missed it, that probably come in 2021, 2022, one and done, and the way we commonly think of it now might be done with. I mean, this has been in the works for a good while now. Several months it's been trending towards the 2022 NBA draft being the first one since, I think, 2006 to uh, allow high school players to go straight from the high, from high school to the NBA without going to college, uh, eff- effectively ending the, one and, the so-called one-and-done Although I guess not done because you'll still have some guys that'll go to college for a year and then enter the NBA, mm-hmm. but they'll be able to go straight out of high school. So the you know the Zion Williamsons and Anthony Davis and others probably never will play college basketball when that uh, comes back into effect. Although Zion told NCAA.com, which is the funniest <laughs> part of it all, that that he would have gone to college anyway, even if he could have. Like, no, he wouldn't have. And I'm going to make this joke. I don't think he'll. Pennington, who used to cover Kentucky, and he's out of uh, sports journalism now, lives in Nashville, has remained a good friend, made a hilarious joke earlier today where (laughs) he compared the Zion telling NCAA.com that he still would have gone to college even if he didn't have to, to someone, a hostage, telling hostage.com that he would have have, uh, given himself over to the captor even if he weren't taken by force. Uh, you know, it's ridiculous. Anyway, the top players aren't going to play college basketball anymore when this is over, and that that's fine. You know, like college ba- – like the one thing I would point out, because I think, you know, mad and trying to convince us all that uh, that it's bad for these guys that they get, a, you know, have a free market and be able to go uh, make money on them their basketball abilities immediately, like every other person in the world. Uh, there's a number of professions where – in the middle of a college career or not. If you're good enough, if you have the skills, you're hired. There are professional sports where people go straight from high school to become professionals. But we just have this stigma about basketball, apparently. College basketball didn't suffer in the you know the decade where it was really prevalent that guys, it was basically 95 to 2006, I think. There was a couple guys that did it, Moses Malone and a couple others, and then there was a big gap uh, and then it started basically with Kevin Garnett 
Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and some of the famous guys. You had some big busts too, which is why we were like, we don't want to take this risk anymore without getting to see them more. And they forced this uh, one and done essentially rule to basically for themselves to be able to evaluate. Does anybody think that like 2000, you know, 95 to 2006 was some kind of dark age of college basketball? No, it's still, it's, you're still going to have your team with your uniform that you want to root for. And there's still going to be good players and guys that are good enough to be pros eventually. Uh, and guys you're getting aren't guys that come in that already have one foot out the door and the NCAA tournament's still going to be awesome. So, you know, getting mad about it's kind of silly in my book. Yeah, I just, I just feel like, I don't know, there's a lot of, it was just such overreaction. Like everybody, as I said, saying, oh, Zion changed the rule. No, settle down, guys. This was already in the works. Maybe Zion pushed it over the edge and, and made it possible. But I think the 2022 date was already out there and already something that would have happened regardless if Zion had blown through his shoe or not. I felt like Zion is just kind of being used to a certain extent by a lot of people driving what they think is right for uh, the NBA and NCAA, and really, you know, I, it's, it's just funny because Zion doesn't have any say in this at the at the moment, and on, honestly, his his views haven't been made public. Uh, but the one guy whose views had been made public uh, were Demarcus Cousins today, and if I understand him correctly, he basically told Zion that he should sit out the rest of this season, and that he called the NCAA. Um, I don't think I can use the words that he used. Uh, Bullspit. Bullspit. And so, uh, I mean, like, I understand what where DeMarcus is coming from. And, like, here's the thing that I think we kind of get caught up in, Kyle, and uh, I forget when the heck it was and if, if it was even on this rendition of the podcast. But we had Dan Wetzel on, and he broke down the, the farce that is amateurism as a whole, not specifically to the NCAA as a whole, the what where the birth of amateurism is. And you can... You can probably Google that. I think he's written a piece on it. Um, but it's like this, nothing's new, but when something like this flares up, everybody just starts hitting each other and banging their head against the wall. And really, there's never any true progress made. Finally, though, now it seems like the NBA is going to retract the rule and let 18-year-olds go pro again, which is, in my opinion, the correct move. Well, yeah, and let's, I think, to clarify, too, this is not an NCAA thing. It's an NBA rule. Well, that's the other um, thing that people you know, get wrong. The NBA, right? Yeah, the, this misconception that that it has anything to do with anybody at the college level. Like the NBA decides who they're going to accept, and the NBA put this in place to protect itself. Because while there were, I mean, I don't think anybody would argue that Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant uh, and uh, LeBron James and several, really several others didn't need college. There were some high-profile bus guys that really never made it, and it, you know the, the Kwame Browns of the world, number one pick who never did anything, that made the NBA go, well, wait a minute. If we make this rule, they have to go to college, and we can look at them for another year and pick them apart, and that was to their advantage. It's certainly not to the uh, players' advantage necessarily, not the top players. Yeah. Um, but uh, to get to to get to Cousins' quotes, he said, "What? Well, knowing what I know now, college is bullspit. College basketball and the NCAA is bullspit. So my advice to him is, do what's best for you and your family. Obvi- obviously, college it does nothing for him at this point. You've got you've proven you're the number one pick coming out. You've proven your talent. 
get ready for the next level because it's happening. That's my opinion, knowing what I know now. Obviously, when I was at that age, you enjoy the moment, you're enjoying the experience and all that. But there's so many risks involved to get to the ultimate goal, which is this level. So just do what's best for him and his family. I would add, he, he went on to say, I loved my experience in college. But with that being said, just how crooked the whole NCAA business is. I actually saw a post the other day where I think the highest ticket for the UNC Duke game was $2,500 to $3,500. How much does Zion Williamson see? <laughs> That's who they're coming to see. So how much of that is he getting? Actually, who does it go to? How does it benefit any player on that team? I mean, I, you know, but if they were able to get $20 and a free meal, this is a bad kid. They get a bad rep, thugs, whatever the case may be. So it's bull spit, and it's been bull spit. Well, and I guess I mean that's a great that I mean, that's a great point that I can't argue with Demarcus Cousins. Well, I could like, if you want me like to. I will. Somebody's getting thirty five hundred, but somebody's getting thirty five hundred dollars for a ticket. They want to see Zion play, but if if they found out he got you know a twenty dollar free meal or twenty dollar handshake and a free meal, he's he's the bad guy. Well, which that, is absolutely hold on. Absurd. I feel like that's not fair either, though, because I feel like the tide has turned. And in these situations, did anybody really characterize Brian Bowen as a bad guy? Has anybody really kind of categorized? Well, yeah, the NCAA he can't play. Well, okay, he, he but can't the, play. I mean, yes. did a I lot mean, of like, I mean, forget the punk. Well, okay, that's what that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking at. The rules haven't changed. I'm looking at it from a public perception well, but, standpoint. But what Demarcus Cousins is, is Cousins is attacking is the NCAA, and the NCAA he absolutely says he's a bad guy if that happens for much less than that. I mean, they've ruined a guy's career at Miami. He's out a year and a half for over like five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's which that's you could just, you know, I mean, like that's the point. And and the other piece of this that is NCA related, the other potential fix to this that won't ever happen because the NCA is not parting with its money, is to allow guys like Zion Williamson if they come to college to profit off of their likeness. Because as Calipari has said many times, and I think he's absolutely right about this, it's their likeness. It's their name. It's their likeness. Why can the bookstore sell stuff that's clearly supposed to be, you know? That's just a number yeah, that they Jamal always Murray use. and Anthony Davis no, and all. That, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. just a number. That was just a random number they picked, Kyle. No correlation. Yeah, brand, <laughs> random number generator. All except all the numbers <laughs> just match the current team. I mean. Yeah. Why should that be allowed, but the kid can't do it? No, but, I, but see, I agree. That is never going to change, and and that's why that's why the only solution is for the NBA to open the doors, and some guys are going to make bad decisions, but the guys who were going to be stars can go be stars right away, and they can make their money right away. And the one thing that happened today that really annoyed me, and I really like Mike DeCourcy, and he wasn't the only one that did it or said it, but he's the one that wrote about it and it and his tweet about it really got to me was if Zion Williamson hadn't played at Duke, would would you even know who he is? <laughs> Hell yes, you would. He had over a million Instagram followers when he was 17 years old. He had a post with 16 that 2.9 million people watched of him dunking. Uh, he's was, got Drake out there wearing his high school jersey. Didn't uh, he and LaMelo? knew. He, he was... He and Lamelo Ball, or he and one of the oh yeah, the Ball brothers had like they millions of people watching on stupid Facebook Live they, in, a, in an AAU game that mattered a nothing. Game that I think, I think a hundred thousand people were watching it in real time, live on an internet stream, watching two high 
kids play. Don't tell me he needed Duke to be famous. Now, going solidified that he's the number one pick because he wasn't that. I give, I grant you that, but it doesn't matter. Like, like I, I pointed out. Well, if too bad Kobe and LeBron didn't go to college, they, I guess they could have been famous if they'd gone to college. <laughs> like, if you're tier guy, you don't need Duke or Kentucky or anybody else to be yeah. famous. You're going to be. And we live in a different world now, especially. I mean, God, if Kobe and LeBron came along in Instagram era out of high school, they would be even more famous than they are now. Yep, I agree. All right, we've talked enough about this topic, and maybe we'll dive into it again uh, when we're out of season. But we do have to preview a basketball game coming up next because Kentucky's facing off against Auburn for the second time um, this season. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about Front Gate Land. If you are in the market to buy or sell land, lease to a reliable tenant, or uncover a possible revenue stream on your property, let Frontgate Land Management help. Owner Josh Tungate is a licensed realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Service Professional Realty and a UK alum. Give him a call at 859-962-9955 or visit frontgateland.com. They have the context to help connect the dots in agricultural. Check out frontgateland.com. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Auburn had a big day yesterday and hit a bunch of threes in a win over Arkansas. Do you think that they'll hit that many threes against Kentucky in Rupp Arena on Saturday, Kyle? They are like the perfect team for Cal Perry's favorite pregame catchphrase. There's no question he'll say, they're going to take 30 threes, and if they hit 20... Well, we've had a good run, and get ready for next week. <laughs> I mean, if the, if he doesn't say a version of that, I will be stunned. But coming off what they just did, that's not a an invalid thought. They they hit seventeen, I think it was. I was trying to pull it up. My computer's yeah, they did. Going slow here. Uh, seventeen threes because I tweeted about it uh, in a twenty three point win over Arkansas. Which what has happened to Arkansas? I don't know. I think this might be, it might, we might be winding down the the Mike Anderson era. Really, the impressive thing: all five starters hit at least two. Brown hit five. Harper hit three. Chuma Okiki hit three. Um, very impressive. And you know they they were seventeen of. 33 from three, which is exactly what Cal will say. If they, they'll take 30, and if they hit 20, then uh, that's been a good game. Yeah. That's a pretty good impression right there. <laughs> He'll make some sound effect. <laughs> which I'm looking forward to you clipping out that audio and making a Twitter post out of it. You know, it's going to be an interesting matchup because Reed Travis is not there. And in the first game, uh, we, we were I was kind of listing those off uh, in the last podcast, I mean, he he's Reed Travis had been a big game guy. Auburn was no exception. He, I think he had 17 and seven or 20 and seven, um, pulling that up now in a two point game. Um, and it was a game that Austin Wiley didn't play and Austin Wiley is now back, uh, for Auburn. So, I mean, yeah, he had 17 points, seven rebounds and a block six of seven from the field. So he got some of his, uh, and five of five from the free throw line, so he was kind of his usual rugged self, getting the tough points in the in the paint. Um, and again, Austin Wiley didn't play, so he's back. Auburn 
is coming off a game where they hit a gazillion threes. This will be an interesting one. But, you know, the way Auburn's playing, I mean, I say Wiley's back, but he didn't play. I mean, he's not a focal point. He didn't start. Um, you know, he's certainly not been what I thought he was going to be uh, for Auburn. Um, and they're really more kind of small ball in it right now. And so does that actually play to Kentucky's advantage without Reed Travis? Cause, because, they, you know, there's going to be times where I think they're going to go small ball. And I, I think I mentioned, I think we'll see some lineups without Reed Travis where Keldon Johnson and P.J. Five, and this may be a game where you roll that out there. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Let me, uh, let's, let's play a game, and it's not really that fun a game because I guess there's only two options. Who gets the start? Is it Nick or is it EJ? I'm going to say EJ. Really? I was thinking the opposite. Uh, I feel like Nick had the starter's experience, you know? I mean, he started all those games last season. Why did you pick EJ? Do you think he's just playing better or is it something psychological? Yeah, I mean, certainly before the last game, you know, bounding tear. And I just, I don't know. I, I think stylistically in this game, I mean, like I'm looking at their starting lineup. I mentioned Austin Wilde. He only played 13 minutes off the bench. He had four points and four rebounds. It was Brown, who's a sharper. He's, I think, 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, Macklemore is basically their five that lineup, and he's 6'7, I think. To me, style guys play a small, athletic, you know, run and gun, try to beat you on the perimeter lineup, then I could see it being EJ. But I, but again, maybe they start the game with a small lineup. Maybe they start the game with, uh, with Quickly and Hero on the wings and Keldon and PJ at the four and the five. Yeah, that would be interesting. That, that would, would be, be a real shakeup, and I would. I would be all about that lineup. I think it could be a lot of fun uh, to watch. A certain, and then uh, specifically matched up against Auburn, I think it could be a ton of fun to watch. I, 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 I don't start a game like that. I just don't think he's like that radical of a dude. Um, yeah, Anthony McLemore was basically the five the last game. He's six foot seven. So I, I think it's more likely. I, I don't know. I, I just I think probably EJ Montgomery starts. In this game, I don't know that all all the games that they have Reed Travis, that would be the case, but in this game, it feels like it's a game for E.J. Montgomery. Well, I'll pick Nick Richards just to be different, and then we'll see who's right uh, when tip-off comes. We'll see, well, maybe maybe Cal will reveal what he's thinking uh, in the press conference on Friday, which Kyle and I will both be covering. Um, coming up next, some football contract news. Uh, but before that, speaking of money, do want to tell you guys about the Financialist LLC, which is a locally owned provider of CFO caliber services to small business in the central Kentucky area. Owner Rick Parsons has 25 years of experience helping business owners establish a solid accounting system and will work with you help, helping to maximize your profit potential. You can give him a call at 859-296-9814. If you're a small business, accounting is obviously one of the most important things um, and you don't want to get in a position where you're, you know, too far out ahead and you have to backtrack. And what Rick and the as the financialist is able to do, he's able to tailor their services to your needs, which is very, very important. A lot of small business owners are excellent at producing products or services, but need high-level accounting professionals to help them understand their financial statements and how to get the most out of their business. Call 859-296-9814 today to set up a complimentary meeting. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Vince Marrow got paid. 
you see the number, Kyle? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like a $200,000 raise, right? $600,000 from 475. So yeah, that's $200,000 and $225,000 raise. But if you're the associate head coach, then I guess that that's Wait. is that market value? No. 475 to 600 is 125. That's what I meant. <laughs> but I thought it was more than 600. I thought it was like 650. I, I don't have it in front of me. I saw well, I have my it in man front John of me. Hale had all the numbers break down. It it's, says it's 600 even? Beginning 600, beginning in 2019. And he will get 25,000 more each year uh, for the three years that the contract is on. So, so at the it. end, he'll get 650. Yeah, so at the end of it. So, almost, so by the end, almost 200,000. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. You don't come for that's us for math. Good, pretty good raise, and that's uh, I think I think John pointed out would make him the highest paid coach in the country, at least as is known to the USA Today salary database. So, well, um, I put an asterisk by that. because I mean he is doing well, yeah, like everything he's else. Than, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's more than he's more than that. Is what associate coach now, recruiting head of recruiting. Um, NFL but, liaison. That is a that's a great that is a great salary for a dude who's not a coordinator. I mean, he's probably making more than all the non non Power Five coordinators, um, and maybe some Power Five coordinators. So, well, prop almost certainly some Power Five coordinators. Six hundred thousand is a mm-hmm. hell of good salary. And then what Eddie Grand's up to. Eight seventy-five or something like that. Nine hundred thousand. Eight hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and he's increasing by twenty-five thousand in each of the the two years after. So he'll be over nine hundred thousand um, by the end of his three-year contract. So that's you know that's SEC money right there. I mean, the, you know, the top schools pay their coordinators in the neighborhood of a million dollars a year, and. I never, ever would have dreamed that Kentucky football would be in a position where they're paying a coordinator almost a million dollars a year. But uh, good for Eddie Grant, good for them. It pays to flirt with Georgia, and uh, apparently it pays to flirt twice with an NFL team if you're the defensive coordinator. So well, um, Those numbers have not come out yeah. yet. So we'll see what the defensive salaries are for Brad White and the new – Inside linebackers coach uh, John Summerall. Pretty close to what Eddie's getting because Brad White's going to get a bunch of, you know, looks from a other colleges and B, especially uh, NFL teams. Uh, and they probably had to probably had to pony up to fend people off for him. And, what do you, and, look, and, and with good reason, I would have I would have paid him. Well, let's uh, since we're doing uh, guessing games with the starting lineups, let's let's, let's guess Brad White's number. I'll say uh, three quarters of a mil. So seven hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, that was going to be my guess. So you got me. I mean, I'd say between seven fifty and eight. Uh, do do seven hundred and fifty thousand and one dollar. And one dollar <laughs> and one dollar. Yeah, or seven hundred and forty nine nine ninety nine. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I would think it's got to be in that neighborhood. I mean, I know he's a first time coordinator at the college level, so. Maybe you get that discount. I mean, what was he making before I have as no a idea. position coach? Four. I'm not. You know, sure. I mean, because he's maybe you may be overshooting that because they could give him a huge raise from where he was, and it still may not necessarily have to be 
in the three quarters of a million range. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Yes, we will. Um, as I mentioned, he got paid. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned, Kyle and I will be covering John Calipari's press conference on Friday. So if you are listening to this in the morning, be sure to be following along with us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle is at... Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And I didn't, I want to say, I didn't read about it, so I didn't plug it. There is a cool news story up on The Athletic revisiting the Kentucky comeback from 31 down at LSU 25 years ago uh, last week. That story was supposed to publish last week, but I had some stuff come up that... uh, a slowed date, me down, but uh, a date it was with Ellen Calipari it, it happened. All, that's yeah, that's exactly what it was. Uh, but uh, it's crazy that it was almost 25 years to the day uh, on the anniversary, almost on the nose that Louisville blew a 23 point lead in the last nine minutes against Duke. And so, for the story, I talked to several people, but one of them is uh, is Travis Ford, who was on that Kentucky team, and he was watching. He's a coach now of St. Louis and was watching that Louisville game, and he said it was like total flashbacks to 25 years earlier and what, what they did. And so the story kind of takes you. If you if you weren't alive yet, and some people have messaged me, they they weren't alive, but they hear the talk about it, and so now they can understand. Or if you were and you want to relive it, I kind of walk you through that game, through the eyes of the people that were there, Tony Delk, Travis Ford, and, and somewhat hilariously um, – uh, Dale Brown, the LSU coach, and I, I think his kicker quote at the end is quite funny and interesting. Uh, it deals with, in part, how someone like Chris Mack and Louisville can get over being on the wrong side of such a historic. Uh, hope people will check that out at the Athletic. Definitely, shout out to a new review from TS Cat said Kyle and Curtis make this a must listen podcast if you bleed. Uh, BBN, whether UK is winning or losing, no homerism format is considerate, concise, and consistent. That's nice alliteration there, T.S. Cat. We appreciate that review. You should please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, and then also share it with somebody else who would enjoy. Shout out to The Journey for using an audio clip of this podcast. UK Sports Videos does amazing work with The Journey. I'm sure all you guys... Check those out when they go out on social media on Kentucky Basketball's account. I was featured on there calling the Missouri game a possible trap game like an idiot, and Kyle was on there making a weird noise like an idiot. So, (laughs) sling blade, I sound like sling blade. Mm -hmm. Got them French fried potatoes in there. Mm -hmm. Some call it a Kaiser blade, I call it a sling blade. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Thanks to the Financialist and Frontgate for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello, hello, hello. All right. You got me? Yeah. Yeah, just um, start with where you yawned. Because that was when you first started cutting out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I was I was thinking the <laughs> as you cough there, since we're <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> he said it was total flashback.